Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. With it, under the dribble, handoff to the left elbow. He's got Bodanovich on it, drives into the paint on Gobert, scoops it up and in! What a finish for Anthony Edwards! And to the elbow, off to a Kogi. Inside against Gobert, he turns and kicks out, says, I want nothing to do with that. Here's Towns rumbling across the lane, over Gobert, he got it! D'Lo with it against Bodanovich, stops and pops, pull up 16-footer, he got it! The Utah Jazz lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves again, beating 101 to 96. You just heard the post-game rap and everybody talking about all the turnovers and all the offensive rebounds they conceded and PK the Timberwolves again. 0-2 against the Suns, you don't like it, but it makes sense. 0-2 against the Wizards, you don't like it. Well, if you spin enough, you can kind of sort of explain it away, but 0-2 against the Wolves, it, what? What? There's no explanation. What? Well, okay. Well, what do you want from me? If there's no explanation, what could I possibly say? You're smarter than I am. Maybe you'll prove me wrong again. I am not. You've spent not. years doing it. Argue with me. Tell me there's an explanation. What? Oh, uh, what's the explanation? That's what I spent years, I spent years arguing with you? Is that what you're saying? Maybe. Well, okay. All right, I can buy that. I think that uh, as I was watching that game, the 17-point lead came so easy, mm. and then they just got loose. They got uh, complacent. They lost focus and concentration. The turnovers were just disgusting. And I know nobody wants to say it because we're supposed to be cheerleaders, but Clarkson's shot selection absolutely sucked. And they just put up a bunch of pathetic shots, particularly by him. I thought it was one of his worst games, and he's a star, and we love him de- dead to death, and these are our heroes and all that stuff. But he didn't play well. And I didn't, I didn't like his shot selection. And the turnovers, as I say, were lousy. So I think they just lost uh, what they needed to have, the edge to compete. Because they're thinking, well, they're them, we're us. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. bit them in the butt, man. A horrific second half, that's for sure. Not that the second quarter was all that special either. No. So the Jazz get beat with, uh, they scored 18 points in the second and 16 yeah. in the third. And. Missed a chance to pull away in the West. They also announced that Donovan Mitchell will be out for another week. He's going to be reevaluated Friday. Think there's any chance they reevaluate him Friday that he can play against the Suns? I never thought he was going to play against the Suns anyway. I thought that he was going to be out uh, for a good three weeks. And that it was, I had him, in my mind, I had 10 games. Now, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I don't know what game number that is so I can't say that but in my mind I was thinking 10 games because there's just absolutely no need to rush him back uh, number one seed number two seed uh, uh, I don't I just don't know that it's a big big deal I still say it, it to me it's like the NIT you know you got a game go win it you got the number one seed in your grasp go get it but if you don't get it it's not the end of the world you know what I mean and if you do get it, you don't celebrate wildly. I remember that one year they got the number one seed, the second year uh, in the league, not just in the conference. If I remember correctly, they were playing in Phoenix. And Stockton got way emotional because they had the number one seed throughout, home court. 
And, and I think at that time, you know, we thought it meant something. Turns out it didn't. But it was a grand achievement for this, these guys. And it would be a nice achievement for them, but I don't think it's the be-all, end-all. So in my mind, I had 10 games for Mitchell. But I think to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think, sure, they could reactivate him in time for that game. Well, if you're right and he misses 10 games, that means he returns to the Denver game on Friday, May 7th. Yeah, so that's what I had in my mind. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Kyrie feeds to Durant. Five to shoot. KD one-on-one with Paul. Right around him to the rim and a two-hand slam for Kevin Durant. Says to Chris Paul, you can't guard me. Jonathan Matthew now, left wing outside the arc. Left to circle Bertons. Bradley Beal out front for three. Oh, it's there. Pretty. It's there. Now Lou Williams gets it over to Bogey. He's wide open. Three-pointer. Bang. Bogey bang Donovich. Wide open. And he knocks down the three and the Hawks lead by a dozen. Curry splits traffic. Head fake. Steps into a three. No. Bounce pass to Draymond. Rotates out. JTA to Curry. By the chase center. Sign. He rattled another one home. Highlights from around the league. The Nets gave the Jazz a little bit of a helping hand. They beat the Suns 128-119, so the Suns stay two games behind the Jazz. The uh, Kyrie Irving-Kevin Durant show, that was that was fairly spectacular, PK. And David Locke has talked about they're the favorites if they're healthy because they've got so much offensive firepower, and they don't have Harden right now. But Irving goes for 34, Durant goes for 33, and... They score 128 points and beat the Suns, and that is pretty impressive considering they're doing it without one of their star players. Yeah, but how many points is he going to add that the other guys then wouldn't have? Was he going to score 160? Yeah, it's the third overkill. He comes back, he takes away shots from Irving and Durant. I I think that Kyrie Irving just understands that, all right, this is a big game. It's on not the prime time in the evening, but a Sunday afternoon we recognize as the, as prime time that time of day, and so it reminds me like Secretariat. I don't think Secretariat knew that he was racing in the Belmont, but I think he knew it was a big big deal. Well, Kyrie knows he's racing in the Belmont, and he knows it's a big big deal, so he ends up with a huge game, which doesn't surprise me. That's sort of who he is in my mind. And then Durant, uh, you know, he got reactivated and he had it going on too. And I think what you speak of there, that ability to look up and recognize this is a big moment, I need to come through, that's one of a couple really important traits for the playoffs. And he's won a title before, and Durant's won a title before. Harden hasn't. But two of the three have, and that ability to turn it on when they really need it for whatever reason. Big stage, uh, in trouble in the moment, whatever it is. That really matters. And they are 11-1 in their last 12 games. They're 17-3 in their last 20. They are crushing people. And yeah. on, on top of that, picking up an Oscar, Kevin Durant, Mike Conley, executive producers. There were 10 executive producers for Two Distant Strangers, which won an Oscar for Best Short Live Action Film. So winning on every front. Oh, yeah, the Oscars, man. Uh, wow, it was incredible last night. What a night. The Oscars? Did you watch it? I did not. Did you tape it? I did not. You going to watch it later? I did not. <laughs> I will not. Oh, sorry. Stuck on repeat there. You got rolling there. Yeah, I did. Eh, you know you know how it is when the vinyl has a scratch and it starts skipping. There I was. And I think of you as vinyl. Old school. 
Other NBA games, you heard Steph Curry going off again. 37 points, seven three-pointers. Two guys closing out on him. Doesn't look like he has much space. And he just drops a rainbow three in over everybody. Warriors beat the Kings. Kings aren't good, and it was a tight game, but the Warriors got the win 117-113, the final score. You like Golden State in this playing tournament? I'm assuming they're going to be in it. What? I love Golden State. <laughs> they said that with no enthusiasm whatsoever. The play-in tournament, if we're just going to go the play-in tournament, I'd probably go Memphis. Well, two will make it. Now, two make yeah. it, right. right. So, uh, But at the, uh, of the play-in tournament teams, I would rank probably Memphis. Uh, but certainly Portland, obviously, is, is there, too. Willard had an awful game. Yes. Or shooting. It was like 8 of 27. Yep. 23 was jealous. 23 points on 27 shots. Nothing close to efficient. And so Memphis wins. And so Memphis and Dallas at Portland looks like they got a great chance to finish behind both those teams. And uh, just really struggling here coming down the stretch. Speaking of Portland. Yes, the Blazers. Not good. Grizzlies win 120-113. John Morant, 28 points and several electric plays. There's... I, I was looking at stuff as we always do uh, each day and over the weekend that Portland wants that seventh spot so they could either get the Suns or the Jazz. They don't want to get sixth and have to play the Clippers. Yeah, well, there's no guarantee the Clippers are going to be third. The Jazz and the Suns slipping now, I and mean, the Jazz are two games in front of the Suns and two games in front of the Clippers. So anything could happen. I, I think yeah, the odds yeah. still favor the Jazz, but if you're going to lose to Minnesota at home, that means anything can happen. They got three road games this week. Well, obviously, we'll all know a lot more, and there'll be a lot less speculation in a week. Obviously. I like it. The Denver Nuggets, another injury. Will Barton is out for the foreseeable future. A pretty significant, that's the quote, pretty significant hamstring strain, according to head coach Mike Malone. Now, We've seen players out three, four, five weeks with hamstring strains. That's uh, nothing shocking if that's the news. So pretty significant. I'm going to the outside of that and thinking three, four, five. Well, not three. So it seems like he's out for the regular season and not convinced he'll be ready for the start of the playoffs just off what Mike Malone said. It didn't look good when you saw it. No. Well, that on top of the Murray injury by itself may not be a big blow. But when you factor in the Murray injury, then it becomes a big blow. Ugliest injury was uh, Orlando's Devin Kennedy. Had to be stretchered off the court. Open fracture of his right ankle in the first quarter. Mo Bamba removed his jersey to cover up the broken and bleeding ankle. That's uh, Gordon Hayward territory. That's a horrible injury. All right, more on the NBA coming up. More on the changing playoff picture and the Jazz horrific loss. It's the question of the day and we will get to that and your explanations in a few minutes. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I don't think there's risk. You know, it still comes down to having a good football team and building a good roster around uh, around everybody. I mean, it's there's players here that are talented. There's rookies that are going to be coming in that are talented. And the expectation is that they're one of 53 when it's all said and done. And they've, they've all got to perform their best to create a great football team. That was some football talk right there, wasn't it? Uh, that and you take it one at a time and you're right there. Yeah. Jets coach Robert Slaw right there saying his team needs to build around everybody, not just the quarterback. All right. 
Thursday, the draft gets going, and of course we all expect the quarterback that the Jets choose to be BYU's quarterback. Other quarterbacks have been high picks, getting big money. Cleveland Browns exercising their fifth-year option on Baker Mayfield, so that locks him in through 2022, and he'll make just a shade under $19 million. Baker Mayfield, a former top pick in the draft, and the Browns finally, finally looking like they're trending up into the Browns, so I don't think we can count on anything, but they look like they're trending up. Oh, I agree they are, yeah. Certainly, the I think any of us would lock him in on that, given the uh, opportunity to run an NFL team. That seems like a no-brainer, the way the things went for them last year. Baltimore Ravens sent Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. to the Chiefs in exchange for three picks in this year's draft, including the Chiefs' first-round pick, a third- and fourth-rounder, and a fifth-round pick in 2022. Chiefs will play him at left tackle. They got Baltimore's second-round pick in this year's draft and a sixth-round pick next year to offset some of those picks. And they've completely rebuilt their offensive line, which would seem like the primary culprit. And they had injuries, and they had a guy opt out. So we get why the offensive line was a problem. But it it seemed like the primary culprit is Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl and uh, chased the Chiefs' star quarterback all over the field and gave gave him no time to throw. He's running for his life. For his, well, he's at least running for the Super Bowl. Okay, for his life. <laughs> Detroit Lions reportedly open to trading. Trading out of the seventh pick and trading back in the draft. General Manager Brad Holmes. Yeah, there's been discussion with other teams. I'll keep those in-house. But there have been discussions. There's a lot of speculation that it's discussions with the Patriots about the Patriots trading up for a quarterback. And the five quarterbacks supposed to go in the first nine picks. So if you can move in at seven, presumably you'd be able to grab one. Now, is it the one you want? Remains to be seen. And he didn't say Patriots. That's all the speculation. He said teams. Got to jack up the price on the Patriots at the last minute, PK. It's an auction. Who wants in? Well, I think they have to determine if the one that's available is good enough. I mean, the one they want most likely is Trevor Lawrence. Well, there's that. uh, So you have to determine the one that you have the opportunity to get. Is he the player that you think can be there for the next 10, 15 years? Well, five quarterbacks in the top nine, that obviously doesn't mean that everybody loves all five guys. And clearly, we don't expect all five guys to to make it. But the way the NFL draft is trended, if you're pretty good and you got a shot, well, the draft just starts with a run on quarterbacks. It was three of the last six, three of the top six picks last year. Expected to be five and nine this year. We're really not seeing the fourth and third and sixth round picks pan out the way they used to. There's still guys in the league who who are those guys. And Russell Wilson was the third round pick, and obviously Brady was a sixth round pick. Prescott's but your guy. Prescott's a fourth round guy, yeah. Cousins is a fourth round guy. But they're all older guys, and the draft has changed a lot in the last three to five years, and just if you make it, you are probably a, a top 10 pick in the draft. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So would you, is it a bigger waste of time, I guess is the way to phrase it. Is it a bigger waste of time to listen to an NFL coach throughout all the cliches we just heard or to listen to someone tell you that college football playoff might go to 16 games or 16 teams? Uh, 16 seems a lot. <laughs> it seems like there's no way that'll happen. 
16 teams is what is thrown out there by people who love playoffs and who uh, are employed by the group of five, one of the group of five teams or conferences. I, I can't believe whatever the playoff is about to do, and we're into the you know the back end of the 12-year contract, and it's time to start thinking about that stuff. But 16. 16 seems a lot. Uh, eight seems much more realistic. I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, I was thinking about this this morning, too, when I was thinking about it when this talk was out there. You know, a couple years back when Herbert was a senior at Oregon, the Ducks go 9-1 and one in conference. Mm-hmm. They go 9-1 and one in conference, and, and they lose by a bomb at the end of the game on the road, and they can't get in. That's ridiculous. They go 9-1 and one in conference, and you can't get in? That doesn't make any sense to me. And everybody knows I'm not the biggest Oregon fan in the world at all. But I still think with that year that Herbert was a senior, the Ducks should have gotten in. The winner of that Utah-Oregon game should have gotten in. They say Utah probably would have gotten in. I, I have my doubts. But I absolutely believe Oregon should have gotten in. They won that game. That was very impressive as the way they won it, too. They go 9-1 and in the Pac-12, and that's not good enough. That doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe six teams, maybe eight. They're also studying 16. I suppose if you're studying all those numbers, you might as well study 12. Sure. Why not? At the end, I expect six or eight. I expect they'll expand it because they want more money. You create more content, you make more money. I know people say, ah, oh, it's too many games, but they're, all, they're already doing it in the uh, championship subdivision. A, a champion there can play 16 games, so. Yeah. Uh, nothing imminent, though. The, the college football playoff deal doesn't expire until uh, after the 2025 season. So they got five years to work it out, but they're already working on it. Weber State is out of those championship subdivision playoffs. Gave up a late touchdown to Southern Illinois and lost 34-31. So they finished what they're calling the 2020 spring season with a 5-1 and record. But I suppose the silver lining is they're not playing – Three more games and wearing guys out and then turning around and playing another season in the fall. They're done after six games. So there's your silver lining after a playoff loss. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Shohei drives it. Deep right center field. Oh, Shohei. The pitch is a curveball, grounded slowly up the middle, right at Tatis. He steps on second. That is the ball game, and that is a hell of a winner for the Padres as they take the Dodgers down 8-7 in 11. One out away from a complete game shutout and seven no-hit innings. And the reason we can't call it a no-hitter is because in 1991, Major League Baseball made a rule that you had to play nine innings and have the lead to get a no-hitter. First pitch to Ozuna. He lines one to right, right at Josh Rojas and seven no-hit innings for Madison Bumgarner as the D-backs sweep a doubleheader from Atlanta, seven to nothing. The D-backs pouring onto the field and congratulating Bumgarner. Highlights from Major League Baseball, a seven-inning no-no, PK. In high school, that's a thing. But in Major League Baseball, not a thing. That's wrong. Why? On behalf because of all that, the guys who lost no-nos in the eighth and ninth inning, why? Because baseball instituted a rule. They lost it. Bumgarner didn't lose it. 
Something was taken from him. He didn't have the opportunity to go out and do it. In 1990, they didn't play seven-inning games. What are they still playing seven-inning games for? I mean, last year, headers. I get it. But this year? Well, it's just still there. And in case there's cancellations, obviously, postponements. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. That's why. That's an easy answer to that question. There's going to be games that have already been missed. So they decided to do it. You made the rule. Now, I don't think it's a nine-inning no-hitter, but I think it's a seven-inning no-hitter. They made the rule. It's not like he didn't want to go out and pitch the eighth and ninth inning. Arizona Diamondbacks dominate the Braves. Five zip and then seven zip. A one hitter in the first game. That's a long day of not hitting right there. One hit in 14 innings. Yeah, Freeman was the only one who had a hit. Oakland 13 game win streak is over. Orioles win 8 to 1. Chokers. Still this <laughs> still an awesome run by the Athletics. What are, what are they PK? Their manager called them greedy. <laughs> greedy. I mean chokers, jeez. I knew they couldn't win every game out. I knew, I just knew it. Something told me. Dodgers scored five in the sixth, went up seven to one on the Padres, but the Padres got two in the seventh, two in the eighth, two in the ninth, and the winner in the eleventh to come all the way back from seven one and win eight seven. So they take three out of four from what was a really good series. Again, PK, when these teams play, they they're not playing any stinkers here. They're playing entertaining games. They played seven times now. Padres have won four. The Dodgers have won three, but they've all been good. Oh, I think that just for my own entertainment, they should play every weekend. Sorry, they don't play next month. In June, they'll play again. Look forward to it. The Dodgers now uh, merely have an awesome record as opposed to something that looks like there's some youth Super League team that's completely stacked. I mean, 15-7, and you're winning more than two out of every three games, but you're basically cooling off to that 110-win pace that you were talking about earlier, PK. Still in first place in the division. Look out for the Giants. Dodgers a game up on the Giants, three on the Padres after that series. Well, Giants are the surprise team in the uh, NL, that's for sure. Your surprise team in the AL, Oakland rattling off that 13-game win streak? Uh, I would go with the Royals. Leading the AL Central. Yeah. NL East, the worst division in baseball so far. We got uh, one team with a winning record. The Mets are 9-8. and eight. Yeah, so far, but you know, obviously it's still way early. Yeah. NL West looking awesome with only one team with a losing record and everybody with a positive run differential. So even even the Rockies, who are eight and thirteen, have outscored their opponents despite despite going eight and thirteen. All right, Wait. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Newcomer Anderson Julio scores twice in the first half, and RSL holds on to win at Minnesota 2-1. to They get the road win to start the season, and then controversy. You're like chippy guys, a goalkeeper, David Ochoa, kicking the ball, and not like lofting it souvenir style to the opposing fans, kicking a screaming line drive up into the wonder wall after the game, so there's a lot of yelling and screaming and finger pointing afterwards. RSL is coming, host to, coming home to host Sporting Kansas City in the home opener Saturday, but with a win in a place they'd never won. So, feeling better about themselves, PK. Oh, yeah. Julio Anderson. Yeah, way to go, man. It's Anderson Julio. 
I don't know, but it should be Julio Anderson. Well, it could be in another family, but not in his family. There it is. So, two goals for him in his debut, both in the first half. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up next, the question of the day. We've actually got two of them. And we got Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. Jazz winning some games without Donovan Mitchell. They're not playing the greatest competition necessarily, Howard, but what does it say about a team that they can keep winning basketball games without their number one offensive guy? I think what's encouraging about it is what happens in the playoffs if Donovan Mitchell's got an off game. If the defense is totally geared toward stopping him, does the offense have alternatives? Is there another way to attack that relies on everybody else? You don't want to be too dependent on one player when it gets to the postseason. So winning without Mitchell right now, I'm not saying it's some sort a preview or guide for the postseason, but it does build confidence and it does show they've got alternatives. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Well, PK, the question of the day... Try to explain how the pound sign, dollar sign, ampersand, at sign, exclamation point, the Jazz lost to Minnesota. How in the world did that happen? And Ray went old school on us. He says, pesky Timberwolves, as Hot Rod would say. Their peskiness, that's how that happened? Don't accept it. Yeah, guys played well. I mean, they got some talent. That's what I've been saying all along. Even these crappy teams got two or three guys you can look at and say, hey, there's some players there. So if they do things right, they should be able to get better over the next few years. And Minnesota's one of them. And obviously, uh, Edwards is a rookie, and, and Towns been around for a while. D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. he's decent. So they've got... Even the crappy teams got a few players, and you have to give them credit. And I also think that uh, one of the things I can expound on what I said earlier in the last segment, but I also think it's clear. It reminds me of the Utes when I covered them for the Watchdog in the 90s. And you could see teams that were playing these guys just got so fired up. There was one year in that bloated 16-league thing that they had in the WAC. We went down to Rice. I think it was Tulsa-Rice. And Tulsa was a pretty good team at the time. And I think Andre Miller hits a shot at the buzzer, and they beat them on a Saturday. And then we traveled down to Houston, and it was Monday night. So a big Monday game, which meant it was 11 p.m. in uh, Houston. Uh. Start time, right? <laughs> yeah. Brutal. 11, 11 p.m., right? Because that's central time zone, right? At 10 o'clock our, our time. And the gym was just packed, and every media guy was there. I remember I had an extended conversation with Gifford Nielsen because he was a sportscaster in Houston at the time. Everybody and their dog was there because the Utes were coming to town, man. It was a big, big deal. Rice Rice doesn't play on Big Monday, 
uh, back when they had that, right? I mean, they were a lousy no, it's team. Like for... Rice basketball. Tell me the last time Rice yeah. basketball mattered. Yeah. For that matter, so it was such a, such a big, big deal at the time. And a huge one. And it's, it's like one thirty in the morning, and Majerus does his post game. Uh, and then some TV people wanted him. I can remember he's walking down the hall. And, and he said, I got to do something first, blah, blah, blah. And then the TV people groaned. He turns around, he's looked at him. It's 1.30. You're way past your deadline. What's it going to matter? You could stand there for a few more minutes. Because <laughs> he knew how the business worked, right? <laughs> and I forget what he did. And then he came back and I was done. But I remember him saying that. And it was such a big deal. And it's clear you're beating the best team in the league. And for a team going nowhere, that matters. You're looking for some positive momentum. And clearly, they were jacked. And you can look at the sidelines. And the sidelines now, they're way more demonstrative because they got space. You know, there's nobody sitting right behind them, the fans and whatnot. So they got all this room to spread out this year. And you can see it. They can jump up. They can move around. They can do calisthenics if they wanted. They can celebrate more freely because they're not getting in anybody's way. You know, the next, the, any form of uh, visitors or spectators are sitting above them, right? So they got all that room there. And they're so much more emotional. And Jazz have to meet that. And I don't think they met that. Well, they didn't. And you're right about that. The Wolves getting up for a game. But it just seems like there's such a talent gap that shouldn't matter. I mean, that would explain why it was a close game. But when the Jazz erase the deficit, Bogey hits the big three, they retake the lead, and there's still, I don't know what there was, two or three minutes left. You're thinking, okay, now it's going to be an ugly win, but it's going to be a win. They've gotten over the hump here, and instead uh, they, they went like three minutes or two and a half minutes, whatever it was, without scoring until Clarkson hit a three right at the end. But at that point, it was kind of they were into the fouling game, and the math was desperation slash miraculous. That's, <laughs> that was the territory they were in. But that three or four yeah, minutes when Bogey hits you those speak two threes, of, it's like, okay. That, but this, that's not the Timberwolves that, at that moment. That's that, that's not the 14 and 52 or whatever it is Timberwolves. That's a Timberwolf team at that moment that had been playing the Jazz very well and had been leading virtually the whole time from the second quarter on. That's you're playing that Timberwolves team. You're not playing the Timberwolves team on February 24th that got blown out by whoever they got blown out by if they played on the 24th. You get the point I'm making. You're playing a team that has a whole lot of confidence in the moment. You're not playing the Timberwolf team that sucks. I think there's a big difference there. I think there is, too. I mean, they're 3-2 and two in the last five games, and I know that's not a huge... Break them up. ...huge sample size, but lately they feel a little better about themselves. And there was a... A stretch in February where they just couldn't get out of their own way. They lost, I don't know what it was, 11 out of 12 or 12 out of 13 or 13 out of 14. I mean, there was a stretch where they were horrible. And obviously, Carl Anthony Towns was out for a big stretch earlier this year. But still, how does it happen? Chris says, because Utah's in playoff mode now. It's all the sarcasm, the cheap shots, the defeatism. It's flowing freely after that one. No, actually, I think that's why I'm not all that worried is because they're not in playoff mode. They didn't have the intensity. They got casual with the basketball, 
and that becomes a problem. The 17-point lead came too easy right from the start, and they thought, oh, here we go again, man. We're just going to show up now. I'm going to be out of the fourth quarter resting, watching the subs play, having a great time, and uh, they're going to go on the road and do what we do. And so their concentration, it got away from them. They got very casual. Shot selection was not good. I didn't like Clarkson's shot selection. I realize he has free reign, but I think he has to have responsibility within the free reign. And there were some shots there that I didn't like at all. And the turnovers were soft and crummy and just didn't work and didn't just wasn't there in terms of the intensity. But that's okay. Because when you get to the postseason, they're going to have all those things. I don't know if they're going to win all the games, but they're not going to be casual. They're going to be intense. They're going to be as if, uh, depending on what the situation is, and, you know, their playoff life is riding on it. And they're going to have their best player back offensively, too. So I'm not going to make a big deal about this. I'm not going to make a big deal about it all. But if we want to analyze it individually, those are some of the reasons why I think they lost. But if I step back, I can roll with it. Travis says too many turnovers, and Craig says too many turnovers, and they forgot how to shoot three-point shots. On the whole, they shot the three well enough. I mean, the team shot 40% from three. That's it's like a league-leading type number, 40%, so can't complain too much about that. I mean, individually, there's individual shots you can complain about. And Joe was off. Yeah. But Boogie was red hot, and so, you know, between the two of them, it worked out. I mean, obviously, you can look at Joe's numbers, and you know they weren't good enough. Yeah, that's but, fine. Steph but, Curry had a run the other a couple yeah. of weeks back where he was just couldn't miss, and then he went. I think he had a game where he went two of fourteen. Yeah, and then he came back and he was fifty percent last night. I think he was seven of fourteen against the Kings. So those shooting nights are going to come and go. Now for Joe, they haven't gone that much, but they went. It went in one game. It's going to happen. Well, and the key is to have enough guys that that gets offset. And obviously Joe has an off night, but Bogey was really good. He was 7-13. That's excellent. But the turnovers, yeah, the turnovers were a problem. When when they lose playoff games, we're going to point to turnovers, aren't we? Whoa, 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 whoa. Back that up. If. (laughs) If they lose playoff games. You got six, you got sixteen and zero. I went plural. Not only did I dismiss sixteen and zero, I dismissed sixteen and one, and I do it again. <laughs> and you're wrong again. No, I'm not wrong, and you know I'm not wrong. I'll bet you thousand dollars. You will not. <laughs> you haven't bet a thousand dollars in your whole life. <laughs> I, I never said I was gonna what I was betting on, but I'll bet you it. <laughs> I'll bet you a thousand of Yak's dollars. Yak, if I'm wrong, pay the man. You guys do realize what I make kind of like on a daily basis, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. but what you make off to the side, we won't discuss that. Yeah. Okay, let's leave that one. Yeah, leave thousand that one. bucks a hole. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, those high stakes games of golf. Flying out to Sandpiper and taking money from those rich Santa Barbara dudes who don't hey, know what they're doing. I'm not Tony and Gipper Fino, I can tell you that much. No, you're not on tour. Get that. Dell says they lost that because they've always struggled against Minnesota. I get that within a year there, or even a couple years as a group of players stay together, there are bad matchups and teams you struggle with. But can you be, can you be hexed, jinxed, routinely beaten by a team forever, going through multiple uh, generations yeah. of players? Yes. <laughs> that seems like a reach. Yes. 
No, it's happened. Who? The Washington Generals. Excellent example. Yeah, they, just they can't cannot get... get over the hump. And obviously, I would go the uh, BYU Cougars in football against my Utah Utes. Ten is coming. <laughs> Don said, as you guys said on Friday, this is the NBA. That goes back to the point. Minnesota's Team 29 by record. The Jazz are Team 1 by record. And 29 can take down one because even Team 29 has talent. We did talk about that. Oh, I've been saying that for weeks. Yep. I, I think that, and I, and I don't, I'm, I might, might just be making it up in my own mind. But it seems to me, and I don't have any numbers, and I'm not going to run the numbers on that. By and I'm never going to run numbers on anything. It's a waste of time for me. Let it. But so, why should I do something that's hard when I, somebody else can do it for me? Uh, I just think that the crappier teams are better than the crappier teams of old. Now, maybe I'm way off on that, uh, but I think there's more talent out there to be had. You know. But you look at the the uh, foreign player now. The three guys that the uh, are leading Timberwolves. None of those are foreign guys. They're American guys. Towns is a Jersey guy all the way. Uh, but you add in all the elements that come into the game from all these various places, literally almost all over the world, and they're they're integral players. They're not one trick pony, soft shooting, twenty foot guys and that's all they do so the talent level i think is at its highest and so you have crappier teams that i think are better than the crappier teams of old and then you combine that with a real casual effort if i sum up the word the one word for the jazz if i thought it was just too casual i think what you said in the, in, the, in the last segment was spot on was it got really easy early on they had a 40 point first quarter they had a double digit lead and that was what Quinn went to in the postgame, went to focus. Well, how did they lose their focus? They got a big early lead. They jumped on an early, and it turned out to be a problem, PK. Well, first quarter leads do nothing for me. Absolutely nothing. They're, all, they're meaningless in, the, in this league, first quarter leads. No team, and there's a rare season, like – one year, the Lakers had some phenomenal 40-point lead over the Kings or something in the first quarter, if I remember. Yeah, 40-4. to four. Right. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> but it's so freaky, that's why we remember it, right? Mm-hmm. But a 15, even in 20 in the first quarter, it's a big deal. You know, the, the, in this league, with so many prolific guys being able to put the ball in a basket, and then you got... Dudes who are okay, but on a given night, they're better than okay. They can get hot. We've seen it a million times. So that's where I would criticize the Jazz. But I'm not going crazy on this because it's one game. And in a sense, get slapped around a little bit. Stop being so cocky. Not that they were cocky, but to me, they weren't cocky. They were casual. So, you know, tonight they shouldn't be casual. They should have a supreme effort, and having. I really don't want big time, playoff like intensity now, anyway, because you got to turn it up, and you got to have something there. Clearly, they have way more to give tonight than they gave Saturday, and they'll have more to give 
in just under uh, four weeks when it matters the most. But I expect that tonight they're not going to be casual, and you're not going to see casual, loose, a lack of concentration slash focus type turnovers. And that's a lot of hyphens to get all those words together. But I think that that's what you'll see. So, And that's what they've been doing all season, too. I've said this many times. When they suck, they don't suck for very long, which is a sign of a really good team because you're going to have down moments. And they haven't had, though. They had that one stretch where they lost four out of six, and that's pretty much it. Every other time, they've responded. So I suspect they're not going into Phoenix on a three-game losing streak. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. When we come back, question of the day, part two, and you already know we're going to disagree, but where do you come down? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. There are a couple of reasons that I didn't become a doctor. Same reasons you what, didn't become what? a paleontologist. No, why do you crack a smile and well, then make just, a joke? I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's a couple of reasons I wasn't a lawyer. Number one, the LSAT scared me. Number two, I thought I'd fail miserably. And number three, I didn't think I was smart enough. So, yeah, there are just a couple of reasons why I didn't become a lawyer. Can I make a point without you attacking me? I'm not attacking you. Like, you've never talked about wanting to be a doctor before. To me, this seems like you were just right on the cusp of going to medical school. And then just these one or two little things came up and made you think, no, I'm not going to do that. Doctor. 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 Can you not attack me? You know, it bugs me when you do that. Doctor. 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 Stop playing that. And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Uh-huh. 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 All right, so question of the day, part two. Mad bum. The seven-inning no-hitter isn't a no-hitter. Reaction. Legit, yay or nay? Obviously, it's not. And you, however, believe... You need to shut the hell up right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Jared. Jared posts, it's got to be 27 outs to be legit, in my opinion. Lots of guys have carried no hitters through seven innings. And they had the opportunity to carry them through... Eight innings and nine innings, and I guess there's a couple of dudes that have extended into ten innings, right? But the wasn't he wasn't given the opportunity. Should he have said, "Hey, Atlanta, would you guys give me six more outs to see if I can do this?" <laughs> He's got six. Batters. I mean, they had a on, seven-run lead. They should have, right? And obviously, the Braves weren't hitting uh, anything. Hey, they couldn't hit water. They fell out of a bleeping boot. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> the late, so, great Tommy Lasorda. Let's um, so let's keep his quotes what, alive. <laughs> oh, they're out there, too, and they're funny as all get out. They are really go, entertaining. Go type in Tommy Lasorda World Series when he takes out Doug Rao. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Make sure you're available to where you can listen to it, where the bad language isn't going to get you in trouble. <laughs> I would like to thank whoever NSFW. thought it. SFW. Yeah, right? In caps with exclamation points underlined. You really, really, really. Of course, now you're working at home, so 
It's funny as all get out, man. I mean, he just swears. He could swear with the best of them. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody swear better and more consistently outside of my mother, of course. And but, whoever uh, decided to mic him up during a World Series, yeah. excellent. Excellent idea. Yeah. It's not the same as a nine-inning no-hitter, but it still should go down and just put in parentheses seven innings. Well, and it, we already I mean, do it, this constantly. It, and, 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 and let's face it, regardless of what the rule is, that is going to happen. It's going to be in his bio. If you click online, all the yeah, people I, who, who... I want baseballreference.com, the official statistics, <laughs> whatever they are. Well, Elias Sports Bureau has it because they're the ones who always tell you whatever a quirky, you know... This is the... But, I, I saw one of their quirky stats. The Padres were 1 and 112 all time when they trailed the Dodgers by six runs. So now they're 2 and 112 because yeah, they rallied that, Sunday night. But so if they're not, tracking that, they're tracking Baumgartner's seven-inning ch- seven no-nos. Who cares? Who cares? I want the official MLB stats. Whatever they recognize as the official, that's what it should be. They're the ones who denied him. They changed the rule. They put the rule in in 1990 or something, as you said, but they didn't have seven-inning games. The minors have had them in doubleheaders for a while. High school has them, obviously, but they they didn't have them. Well, now, last year, they had them. I don't know if they'll go back. I mean, you're not throwing back the Padre win last night, and that big freaking run that they scored, well, he didn't get on base. He was awarded at base because they gave some dumb rule to start overtime games or extra inning games, as I should say, with a runner on second base. Nobody's saying, what the hell? That doesn't count. No, you don't start a inning on second base. No one's saying that. In the very day that Madison Bumgarner only goes seven, the Padres win an extra inning game by that very rule. But nobody's saying, well, that doesn't count. No, it absolutely counts. So why should one count, but the other doesn't? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I want to go back to what you said at the start there. What the hell? I think actually there are a lot of people saying that, and that that softball runner at second base, let's stop that. But it is. But the that rule. doesn't matter. It, it still counts. I know, it is the rule, and they are playing by it, and there you go. I want him to be recognized in the official annals, and you have seven innings. You just put it in there. I called up the home run leaders. Of the top 15, you've got four or five guys, in your mind, five, who are cheaters. Of the top five, in your mind, you've got three of the five. Because Bonds leads, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Aaron's second, Ruth is third, A-Rod is fourth, and Pujols, who you believe is a cheater, yep. is fifth. So that's three. That's five, three, of the five. three of the five. But they're yeah. all recognized. They're all there. Now, we know in our minds, certainly without question, two of them, and A-Rod is multiple, but yet he's still there. Same thing with Bumgarner. He still should be there, but it's a seven inning. All right. He didn't get the opportunity to complete the thing. And the way he was going and the way the Braves were going, yeah. who knows, you can stick <laughs> your bat out and get a bloop we had, or you're swinging bunt. Yeah. Any number of things could happen for those final six outs. But it needs to go in 
and it needs to be recognized as a seven-inninger because that's what they're going to do. And anybody who thinks otherwise is absolutely wrong. I just want to uh, put an exclamation point. I know we got to go to break, Yak. But I just they ought to be playing nine-inning games this year. And I get that there could be COVID tests and a lot of doubleheaders. Last year, they didn't have the minor leagues to call guys up. They've expanded pitching staffs from what used to be nine or ten guys. Now it's, 12, now. now it's 12 or 13. Alternate training sites are what they're calling them right now. Yeah, well, the alternate minor training leagues sites are right playing now. right now. Right, but they have alternate they training have minor sites. Right now. They have alternate training sites, so they have guys you can call up who are pitching and are active. As they did last year. So, do it. Go with the nine-inning games. If you want to expand the roster, that's fine. If you have to call guys up, call guys up. If it would mean lesser pitchers and more offense, who has ever complained about more offense in baseball? Nobody sits at an 8-6 game and says, I wish this game were 2-1. to one. If you get 2-1 to one and you got you know, Kershaw and whoever else in a pitcher's duel, great. But you know, if it's 8-6, I'm pretty entertained. So I, I just wish they were playing nine-inning games. And then we could have seen if Bumgarner could have finished that off or not. And I do think there'll be a list of seven inning no hitters out there. The best thing that happened to Bumgardner is there'll be more of these, and then there will be some accommodation because the argument you're making, a lot of people are going to make. And if it's the list being kept unofficially, it eventually is going to be kept officially, whether anybody likes it or not. You know, they have an asterisk seven inning games list, and whoever gets on it because of some rain shortened game at six innings can go on it too. All right, DJ and PK. When we come back, uh, we got more of you weighing on, in on what went wrong with the Jazz. Can it go wrong again? We will get to that next. Stay with us.